What does it feel like to switch from a thriving career in a digital agency as head of media to decide to follow your passion in yoga, strength and movement, mindfulness, meditation, and breath work? Well, we're going to find out on today's episode. I sit down here with Dan Barley. I've met Dan a few times already. Uh, We hit it off straight away. He's come to a couple of my workshops that I've run or been involved in. And he's just got a really cool energy about him. So in this conversation, which is actually the second one because the first one didn't air, we had an issue technically. So in this conversation, we dive into the challenges, opportunities, and landscape for someone who's just switching into this new domain. So deciding to carve their own path, you know, maybe it's their second career, something like that. And we dive deep into some of the challenges. So getting those first clients, uh, sales, marketing, building brand uh, in particular when you're working as a contractor or working as a teacher or someone within a pre-existing business or under the banner of another business and setting goals as well and breaking that down into action items. So a little bit different episode here. I hope you get some value out of it. I think this is a really good one if you're early in your journey, you're starting something new and you're just kind of kicking off and Maybe you've got a few challenges, maybe there's a few hurdles, and hopefully this conversation can bring some value and maybe leave you with some in, some insights as to how to break it down a little bit. That's it. I'm going to get stuck in. This is John Marsh. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. Mate, just a couple, well, I've got my parents over at the UK at the moment from the UK. So that's been an interesting little test to try to keep up momentum with everything I'm doing and still hang out with mum and dad for two weeks, you know. So that's been fun. Just did my first workshop at Woke Yoga a couple of weekends ago. That was really good. So that was like a back to basics yoga, but also a strength and movement components and bringing that sort of stuff in. Uh, yeah, like it's just sort of same, same old, same old, but things are starting to slowly pick up content is starting to pick up a little bit. I'm starting to, I mean, I can talk about that later if you want as well, but like starting to expand, try a few different bits and pieces, a few different platforms. So yeah, everything is going along the same path. It's just starting to ripple a little bit bigger and bigger. So yeah. 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 Maybe um, for the audience and Mm. uh, I know we went through this before. So if you're listening Mm. to this one, Ben and I recorded a great podcast in person and (laughs) I use my condenser mic and effectively that's a microphone which picks up. It's quite useful and easy. It picks up a lot of people in the room. Sometimes it can sound a little funny if you don't dial the settings. And I, that one episode is the first one I had to, I couldn't publish. It was just, it came out so mechanical sounding. It was really weird. So anyway, um, we're back on with Dan and uh, so this will feel a little bit like a repeat in parts, <laughs> but I think also it could be quite different as well. Interestingly, maybe just give everyone a, um, an up to speed on where you're at, uh, like a quick overview of your, you know, your career transition and where you came yeah. from, and then we might dive deeper depending how that goes. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so look, I guess I'll start at the beginning. That's always a good place to start. I won't go into too crazy detail. You know, I think last time I sort of started somewhere in, you know, in media res and jumped around a little bit. Um, so for me, uh, childhood and stuff, that's obviously where it starts for most of us. Activity, sports, exercise was never a big part of my life. 
um, I actually had um, hereditary hip dysplasia. So from about the age of two, my left hip had just completely come out of its socket. And for about six or seven years, every time I walked, every time I moved, the, uh, the hip was basically just grinding against itself and just slowly eroding itself away. So I was not an active kid to the point of where by the age of nine, moving around and walking probably from my house to the corner shop was excruciating and I, I you know, I, I couldn't do it. So eventually uh, I had about a year and a half of um, about four or five surgeries, reconstructions, about a year and a half off of my feet completely in one form or another from plaster cast where, you know, physically couldn't move to wheelchair where I could get around a little bit and so on and so forth. And then by the age of 11, I was out of the wheelchair, out of the plaster cast and walking, which at one point I think the doctors were a little afraid that that may never be a full thing on the cards without say a cane or some sort of aid. Wow. So, they, so yeah, so that was, that was, uh, that was a whole thing. Um, it's kind of weird now. I can kind of remember certain aspects of it, but the actual reality of the time spent during that, I don't really remember too much other than homes when you get homeschooled, because obviously I couldn't go into school for a year that's really easy to get out of. You can just say you're not feeling well and they'll go away. It was quite fun. Um, anyway, so age 11, I'm back on my feet and moving around. Uh, but the, the physio or the rehab, there was none basically. They're like, cool, you're walking off your pop. So very quickly, you know, scar tissue started to like tighten up muscle imbalances started to form. I wasn't really being retrained on how to move or walk. So I just kind of carried on the way I'd always done with a, with a, with a, essentially a, a, busted hip so from you know 11 to let's say 23 which is the sort of when the, the first big change in life happened um for me i was not active you know i i never wanted to play sports i never wanted to be part of gym class in school the only sort of sport i ever did was skateboarding and i was i came out with that with more scars than i went into it with and a bit of fun but no not particularly great but yeah so i just kind of for the first you know 23 years of my life i didn't want to do exercise. I didn't want to move around. Never thought that was part of me. I kind of, my identity solidified into the, the, the nerd in the corner reading Lord of the Rings for the 12th time. Um, or, you know, I used to, I play music and I used to play in bands a lot. So that was another thing that was like my, I kind of, that was my life. Um, and the first sort of big change happened when I moved to Sydney at uh, 23. So I, I was working in advertising in, in media agencies at the time. I had been since I was about 18. I sort of did the whole, I think I'm the last few last of the generation who started in the mailroom and worked their way all the way up through the, through the different parts of the companies, eventually got into media and marketing, went into the big smoke up into London and, and worked there for about five years. Uh, and then I got an opportunity to move to Sydney. So I was like, yeah, sure. I hear they have sunshine there. So I'll, I'll move to Sydney. I'll check, I'll check that out. Um, and I've been in Sydney probably about six to, six to 12 months, give or take, when the, the company I was working at uh, started offering or offered um, corporate yoga. So twice a week, someone would come into our office, into the level five kitchen, clear away all the tables, set up some mats and, and, and do some yoga. And I mean, I've spent the last 24 years, you know, thinking I can't, I can barely walk around and move properly, let alone do any of these fancy bendy yoga poses. So that was just, for me, it was nah. But it was, I don't know, uh, fortuitous. I just kept running into the instructor. Like I'd leave a meeting room and she'd be out the front of it. Or I'd be walking through the kitchen at the wrong time and bump into her. And, you know, she was sort of slowly saying, hey, why don't you come along? It'd be great to have a guy in the class. It was only just girls at the time. Um, you know, why don't you come along? And I kind of used the excuse, no, I've got this bad hip and I can't really move properly and everything's really tight and hurts and blah, blah, blah. But 
over a couple of months, she actually wore me down. She might have listened back to this because we're actually really good friends now and have been for the last sort of eight years. Um, I actually technically work for her now. I go back and I work for that uh, corporate yoga company in the old office that I once did yoga in. That was, so that's kind of fun, little three, uh, full circle. 360, yeah. 360, yeah. So eventually she wore me down and I went and did yoga. And, you know, it was just, it really hit me. A, I really enjoyed it. I felt great afterwards. Um, and my hip wasn't really an issue. Yes, there's certain things I couldn't do, but I could do a lot more than I thought and I enjoyed trying it. Um, so I was basically hooked from that. So I pretty much went every, every Tuesday and Thursday for about three or four years that I was at that company, like, you know, religiously, I was the one ended up, it was me who went every week without fail and maybe sometimes the girls would go. Um, and that was kind of a gateway drug for me. Cause I then started thinking, oh, what other stuff have I not wanted to try because I've assumed I can't do it. You know, there's always in my head the, the limitations. Were you, were you already starting to free up a little bit physically from that exposure? Like three? Oh yeah. 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 At, that, at that point. Right. So if you, if you think it's been sort of 10, 12 years, give or take since the operations with not with very little movement. I mean, skateboarding around when you're a, a teenager at 14, 15, you're not, you're not stretching, you're not warming up. You go, you go out and skate around for a little bit, then you go home and play PlayStation till three in the morning. Um, so I've had, you know, 10, 12 years of just getting tight and restricted. So within a month or two, I felt so much better. So for me, it was like this instant boom. Yeah, this is great. Uh, hence yeah. it became the gateway drug. So I started giving other things a try. I'd always wanted to, I'd always wanted to try rock climbing. Um, Spider-Man was a big hero of mine as a kid, probably is to a certain degree still now as a grown up. And he's a very physical character, you know, jumping around, climbing on stuff. And I, as a kid, I'd always wanted to do that, but never really could. So I got into rock climbing and fell in love with that and did that religiously for about three years. And, you know, strength training, uh, started to explore gymnastics, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it's all of a sudden this explosion about sort of, you know, it's about nine, 10 years ago now of into the world of, of exercising, which is something I never thought I had done. It's um, interesting when you start to rattle off all those different things, it's as though you, through the yoga, you created a transformation for yourself such that when new things came along, you almost saw yourself as, you know, an athlete or someone who is a mover or whatever term you want to do. It's like, it feels like the friction for you to pick up the new things got less and less as you just kind of became that person who could do. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think, and I think it's the mindset from yoga that really settled in with me. And it's something that I now as a teacher like to bring to my classes, which is every, everyone can, take part. Everyone can do something. Something is for everyone. You know, it's not just for the, the super athletes or the super bendy people or the super strong, you know, everyone to some capacity can, and if they would like to, should give these things a try. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's still a little bit of friction. Whenever something new comes up, the, the straightaway thought pattern is how would I need to modify that because of my limited movement? I mean, still to this day, there's only so much I can do. You know, the hips, the hip was pretty badly damaged slash gone by the time they re reconstructed it. So the fact of walking around and doing half this stuff is, is, is something that, you know, I should, I sort of need to stop and take a step back every now and again and go, okay, yeah, cool. You know, this, it could have, it could have been way, way worse. I'm very, very lucky. But for the most part, it's like, cool, let's just give it a try. Like rock climbing. I thought there's no way I could do it. Yeah. turns out. I've only been affected by my hip two or three times where I couldn't quite get a, a, a climb or a move or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, you get the workarounds happening too. Yeah, and that and that's all. And I think that's a really interesting part for for me in terms of my approach to 
teaching, coaching, training now is like, there's always a workaround. There's always something, you know, something yeah. different. Um, so yeah, so basically over sort of the last nine, 10 years, this sort of uh, slippery slope of awesomeness for my life has just sort of, I've slid down and just really started to, yeah, just really enjoy moving and training. Um, yeah. And that kind of led me in. So if you imagine it's sort of on like a graph, you know, you've got the sort of like, it's empty at the moment and, and, uh, training side right off at the very bottom and it was just slowly starting to build over the say the, the first four or five years that i was in in sydney um, at the time as well starting from the top slowly going down was uh my career in advertising and media and my fulfillment and enjoyment out of that um it was very fun very cool industry especially you, i was 23 24 just moved to the other side of the world by myself living alone in the center of the city making decent money there's a lot of good perks around parties and you know events and functions and very cool flashy stuff but over that sort of same five years i was starting to get a little a little disillusioned with it um, and it hit a point where the two lines started to cross over which is the sort of the first of these two kind of not uh, snap decisions but I kind of call them light-hearted decisions I just kind of did them without really feeling the weight of what it would bring and one of that was just I took a month off drinking I'd had a particularly heavy start to the year uh, and I thought, you know what, my, my liver and my kidneys, they just need it. They just need a rest. So let's just take a month off just to, just to, yeah, give my body a break. And I think it was literally the first weekend of not going out. And, you know, I was never crazy with the drinking, but it's, it, you're sociable. You go out, you know, Thursday, Saturday nights, Friday nights, sometimes it was just that industry. There was always a party or something happening. And that first weekend when I wake up without a hangover and it's nice and early, I've just moved to, to Manly on Sydney's Northern beaches. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can get up. I can go out early. I could, maybe I could go to the gym today. I'm not used to going to the gym on the yeah, weekend. Yeah. Usually that's, you know, that's reserved for Monday to Thursday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday is where you make all the bad life choices. And then you try to try to reset again on Monday. So yeah, that kind of just kind of gave me room to expand and go deeper into the stuff I was enjoying. I was doing it, but it was always kind of been secondary to the career and the, you know, that lifestyle that that brought. And it's this started to bring a little bit of a switch. So a month quickly turned into three months, which then I sort of set myself the goal of, could I go a whole year without drinking just to see what would happen? And I think it was about 18 months later, I realized I did the year and hadn't even realized and it was about six months later and it just became something that I didn't miss anymore and it gave me so much time to and so much more energy and so much more money and so much more motivation just to try a whole heap of different things you know going from just strength training I was researching stuff and trying some of the new movement stuff I was looking at gymnastics gyms I was looking at a whole, just a whole heap of different, you know, trying to surf the typical English person in Australia, just desperately trying to surf and being terrible at it. But I really enjoyed it. And at the same time, again, so the, you know, the, the enjoyment, fulfillment from training line on the graph has just skyrocketed. And at the same time, the fulfillment from the career point of view has just plummeted because without all the benefits and the, the perks with the air quotes, um, of the, the free pies and the, and the, the free booze and the, the, this and the, that, I was just not enjoying what I was doing in my career. And I, I bounced around from a few different jobs over the, over the, the, the following sort of three or four years, uh, got more and more senior in the industry, which was, which is cool. You know, it was something that I've been working towards since I kind of got into the industry. I always wanted to be the, the head of the department or the head of something. And in my final role, 
before I kind of left the full-time job, I was, yeah, head of, head of media, head of media for a full service agency, um, part of, you know, a smallish Sydney office, but part of a big global uh, network. Um, and almost a couple of months into the job, I'm like, yeah, this is just, I, I need to think of something different. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I just knew that this just wasn't really doing it for me. You know, in the, if it, my, my nine to five job, I was miserable. But outside the nine to five, I was so happy and so infused and so like just everything. I felt more alive. So I thought, okay, I can't, I can't keep doing this. Um, I eventually towards the end of 2017, this will bring us up to, I made the, a sort of a snap decision to go and do my yoga teacher training. I've been practicing for six years, give or take by that point, give or take pretty, pretty religiously, pretty hardcore. I'd gone from once or twice a week to sort of three, four, five times a week and practicing at the, the you know, the big strong studios, the power flows, the vinyasas. Um, so I booked that in for the start of 2018. I thought, right, I'll just see, see what that brings me. See if that gives me some insights into what I want to do with my life more. Uh, and I was toying with the idea of my cert three and four in, in movement, in, in um, personal training. And then, but the idea was always like, let's just do that as like something fun, something to develop myself and the things I enjoy. And then maybe that will help me get a bit of perspective on what I want to do with my life. Where do I want to be? Um, and then that kind of leads me to the, the second snap decision, which was uh, January the, I don't know, 4th or 5th of 2018. It was literally the first day going back to work. Hadn't even sat down in my chair yet. And the boss man was was on me about a pitch we were doing or something. He was this guy that, you know, he lived and breathed this stuff 24 seven. He hated the idea of Christmas and having to take a week off to slow things down. Um, and so literally, you know, not even getting into my chair. I'm like, this, he, he's talking about me going away this weekend to Melbourne to talk to clients about blah, blah, blah. And my brain was like this, no, nah, this is, this is not what you want from your life. You don't know what you do want, but you know, you don't want this. So I went home that night. I wrote out my uh, letter of notice. I luckily I had a three month notice period. So it gave me a bit of time to, to figure stuff out, handed that in. Um, pretty soon after that started my yoga teacher training and just fell in love with it. By the end of the three months of the teacher training course, I'm like, yeah, I don't know necessarily if I, what I mean from a career, but I want to be doing this, something yeah. along this line. This is... It just felt is, right. It just felt right. It felt exciting. It felt challenging. You know, anyone who's ever tried to teach or coach knows it's not easy, mm. um, but it's really rewarding. And it felt like even in the short term, this was a good thing to be doing with my life. So before I'd even finished my teacher training, I booked in to do my cert three and four. I had, you know, two weeks off from, from yoga teacher training uh, to, to go into PT school. I was still working in media, but doing contract work at this point. I just scaled back from full time to four days a week in an office just, to, just so that I could go in at nine, leave at five and not have the stresses outside of that so that my rest of my life and the rest of my weekends were free to study. And I basically did that for the whole of 2018. I just went from one studying thing. I did my 200 hour, I did my PT school. And then I went and did a little bit of additional stuff for yoga teacher training. Um, and then it got to the end of the year. And then that kind of brings us up to, to 2019 last year, which I, I've started calling year zero. 2018 had the, the relearning. I was very lucky to get a few classes for yoga pretty much straight off the bat as soon as I finished my certificate. So I was working in contra contract, working in media and teaching two to three classes a week in yoga and studying to be a PT throughout 2018. And then 2019 comes around and I cut the, the contract work in media. I went to freelance so that I could be at home and, and take up more classes and really dive 
headfirst into into teaching in particular. Yoga teaching was has always been like a, a that was the first thing, right? So from a, from my first passion point, I've really leaned into that. But in 2019, you know, I was lucky enough to get onto the internship with Vic at Natalie Motion, which is how you and I know each other. I did that for six months to develop my skills around coaching. I knew I didn't want to be a PT in a gym, you know, in a fitness first. Give me, give me 10 squats and sit there on, the, sit there on my phone scrolling through whilst uh, not saying, oh, fitness first PTs do that. Um, but you know the kind of thing you see in the, big, in the big commercial gyms. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So effectively, you know, I think a lot of people resonate with that kind of shift, mm. um, that feeling of going from emptiness and then sliding into something that you're passionate, passionate about, whether they've pulled the trigger or they're sitting on the fence still. Yeah. I think it's super common um, and really cool journey for you to share with everyone. Take us to where you're at now in terms of um, – the the nitty gritty of say the professional side of things, you know, because uh, I'll be the first to say when you flip from corporate or from a, mm. from a salary into, you know, I remember going into personal training back in, you know, 2009, something like that alongside kind of owning this retail store, the PT side of stuff was hard. Like at the beginning, you know, it was, 5 a.m. starts and the rain outdoors and nobody turning up and you know what I mean? Like it can be a challenge depending on where you sort of cut your teeth and get started. Take us into what reality looks like now and just set the scene for um, how it's going for you, uh, you know, a year into the journey and, and what, sure. how's it feeling? It's, it's feeling good. It's uh hectic and exciting and no one week is ever the same. Um, so where I'm at currently now is, Quick look back at last year, start of last year, I had a couple of classes per week. I just cut the advertising um, contract, was going freelance with that and was just starting this journey around developing coaching. A year later, I still do a bit of freelance work. Hours are pretty minimal. Um, I do bits and pieces here and there. I actually work with a friend of mine, which is cool. So that's good. I've got that as a little bit of a, a safety net backbone, but that's just gone quite small. I was very lucky last year to get into a couple of really great studios from a yoga teaching point of view. So I spent all of last year just starting to build a brand and a, myself and my, you know, yeah, a brand of myself within the studios. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent, yeah, pretty much all of 2018 doing that while studying and trying to figure out what kind of coach did I want to be, you know, strength and movement, gymnastics, PT. I really got into breath work and mindfulness practices and a whole heap of other stuff. So I spent all of last year just starting to get a feel for, and actually to be honest with you, trying to learn and figure out how to exist and do this as a job, right? It's a very, yeah, very different yeah. thing, as you say, to go from the nine to five to the reality of, um, of teaching or coaching. So where I am at right now and the reality of that is I have a couple of hours per week where I work freelance from home on my computer. Um, it's pretty, pretty chilled for the most part. Obviously, every now and again, chaos ensues, but for the most part, it's pretty solid. Um, I have about eight to 10 regular classes each week. And I take on covers as and where I can, depending on cash flow, because that is another big factor, right? Um, some months are longer than others. Some months you have to take a couple of classes off to go to a work, uh, a workshop or something. It's not that that lack of steady wage is probably been the hardest thing to, to, to deal with and have that, yeah. in, that inconsistency and uncertainty just there constantly. That's been one of the biggest and heaviest weights I have felt. 
Uh, but I say this all the time, I'd, I would happily carry that weight than the heavy, heavy pressure of the job you're not satisfied with and just knowing that you're not enjoying it, but you have to go in nine to five day in, day out. Um, and then where I'm at now from teaching is a, in a really good place. I'm very, very happy with it. Not wanting to rest on my laurels at all, but I'm pretty solid. I'm looking to build and grow my um, relationships within the studios and become you know, the best kind of employee I can for those guys because we actually talked about this last time. There's actually a real joy I've found now of being the employee um, at these spaces. Uh, they've, you know, it's the two studios I really wanted to work at um, and got in and they've been awesome and I want to do my best and give as much as I can for those guys so I don't want to just be the, the guy who turns up for his classes teaches and then he's gone so and, quick uh, i'll quickly yeah. bring everyone up to speed so uh effectively when we jumped on the episode last time because i don't feel that we'll cover this in this one yeah. we were speaking a lot about developing brand and personal brand in particular mm. talked a lot about social media and we kind of covered this concept that a lot of people when they start out in a new profession especially in this health and wellness thing if they're working as a coach or practitioner, a contractor underneath someone in another business, there's this feeling that they need to develop their own thing on the side. Yeah. And it's like this pressure and yes, it can work and it can be fruitful and there can be a ton of value in building up your own personal brand within the walls of the other business. If you, if they have values with which you're aligned and they've got someone to help um, mentor you and you can really bring value to the studio, that can actually be a quicker way to build personal brand through the exposure that that studio can bring you rather than going to ground zero on kind of like a side side hustle to try to boost your own thing a little bit. So it's just a little bit of a take on that. So what Dan's talking about is he's effectively really leaning into these super cool spaces that he's teaching at, which is really sick. Yeah. So yeah. So that so that is that is sums it up. Like that that conversation we had, I don't know, was that three four weeks ago? Now it feels about a million years ago. Really was a light bulb moment for me because I I knew I enjoyed these spaces and I knew I wanted to do more, but I kind of felt like I shouldn't. Oh, I should be prioritizing the the go it alone, the lone wolf, build something from the ground up kind of kind of place. So yeah that's really been a big mindset shift for me so the, a big focus for, for 2020 for example is about um contributing and i want to contribute to their business and their brands as, as best i can to be the the best you know teacher that they you know not the best teacher they have but the best as in my role as someone they employ that i can help spread their message and their values and really help them grow their business because i want to be part of that it's really nice and it's also great because it doesn't overlap with my upwork can overlap you know i literally just did a workshop uh, two weeks ago at woke yoga in sydney which is one of my regular studios um it was a back to basics on yoga but we spent the, probably the first hour talking about strength and movement um fundamentals you know yeah um, the joint joint prep um functional range conditioning just getting to understand how your body moves more so there is a nice overlap so but in the, then the reality now outside of that is um creating my brand for myself in terms of my coaching so last year was a big year for just trying to figure out what the kind of stuff is important to me where my values sit what the kind of you know even just the style of training i want to do do i want to do strength training do i want to do gymnastics etc etc i kind of want to do a bit of both um so for me now it is trying to create a brand for myself via 
inside the studios so that people yeah. start to know me and go, okay, cool. Dan teaches yoga, but he also does X, Y, and Z as well, which is, as we discussed last time, a great opportunity that it's not trying to steal from anyone's business. It's just having access to all these people who get to know me week in, week out. They see there's more going on than just the one thing that they come to the studio for. Yeah. And then as well, um, creating content to try to put out the best version of what I see as myself online throughout various social media platforms. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy. Content creation is hard and I'm sure, you know, you, you, you feel this, um, but I'm trying to actively now put out stuff that resonates with for myself. You know, what yeah. this type of stuff that's important to me, the type of training, the type of daily practices, mindfulness, breath work, etc., in the hope that, you know, I, as eventually i'm not trying to get sales off of my content i'm not trying to be like hey come and come and be a one-on-one -on -one client with me if that happens great but the, the idea being networking and growing and building these relationships via the platforms that i have you never know who you will meet you know a friend of someone a friend of a student might be someone who wants to get into you know uh, who owns a space who wants you to go coach out or wants to take up on some one-on-one -on -one coaching or wants to do a breath work thing or wants to do whatever. It's, it's just, so when someone goes to look for you, there is, there's a presence from yourself online and it's not a salesy thing. It's not a, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not a, a, a 10, a 10 week, a 10 week, uh, 10 week lose six kilos <laughs> a promotion or whatever. It's, it's as best I can. Something that is offering, value and contributing that's another thing for me in 2020 is is to contribute more than i consume be that so, yeah, so uh, what is it what does a good outcome look like for you you know because it's uh i think important because we often talk about bringing value onto social platforms or into mm. the business or uh whatever it may be to the clients or to the customers what is a good outcome is there a, is there a known desired outcome for you uh, on the back end of this. So if I am to grow through 2020, my brand mm. offline and online, it allows X, Y, Z, or are you literally building say brand to build audience and trust and attention for the potential to be able to exchange that on something that may come to you in the future? It's a, if I'm honest, there's a little bit of both right now, yeah. you know, it, it would be great. Ultimately, I think what I'm, my overall goal is to work towards freedom in life. And in the moment, it's that financial freedom is the biggest thing because as we said, you know, you go from nine to five to, to coaching, that financial side of things is the biggest and heaviest weight. And that's something that's been sitting on me for 18, 24 months now, probably will sit heavy on my shoulders for a little bit longer if I'm honest, but, and that's okay. But right now I'm not about, making a million dollars a year. I'm not about traveling the world being super famous and a, you know, an influencer or this or that, whatever. For me, if I'm a win for me is being able to live the life I want to live doing the stuff I want to do. So if I, you know, get a few clients out of this stuff in the short term, great. It means I start to be getting more money, make, I'm making more money doing the stuff I want to be doing. What's, what's, let's go back. What is a client in this case? You know, so if you, if you're working at yoga studios, do you know what the vehicle for change is that the client would, or that a person who say, I'm assuming following along, say on social mm -hmm. platforms or something like that, mm -hmm. decides they want to jump on and find out more about what you do and potentially work with you. Do you know the vehicle at this point? 
is in terms of what I'm providing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of the offering. Yeah, so at the moment, it depends. If someone comes, say, through a yoga studio and they just want to develop yoga, you've got one-on-one private stuff you can do. That's, that's easy. For, from a, a coaching point of view, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's actually taking a lot from yoga in terms of movements, uh, breath work, but, and mindfulness. Those are the kind of the three big pillars I, work, I like to work and think under, just from a slightly different perspective. Uh, the people I kind of am ideally looking to work with are kind of those people we've talked about feeling a little bit stuck either in career, in either maybe trying to follow a passion project, maybe just trying to reclaim a bit of control of their life. You know, people I talk to the most are kind of, you know, hitting sort of 40s, 50s and just trying to reclaim a little bit of life has kind of gotten away from them a little bit. So for me, it's, you know, it's, it's moving well and having strength and control through your joints, your tissues. Obviously, you know, with my hip and stuff, that's a big, big part for me is trying to bulletproof myself as I get older, making sure I can still be mobile and active as I grow old and enjoying that. Um, but also looking into breath work, you know, breathing, learning to build up our lung capacity so we can breathe more, so we can calm our nervous system, so we can, make, you know, we can do fun stuff like go swimming or running around and, and be active and the mindfulness side of things to try to bring ourselves a little bit out of the day-to-day chaos and roller coasters of emotions to be able to just kind of, yeah, just kind of reclaim things a little bit. So in terms of the vehicle, those are the kind of the pillars. So would it be then uh, effectively, because what I think could be helpful is if we reverse engineered where you want to go. So if you say, all right, well, I want to build a, um, an income that supports my lifestyle to mm. do things that I want to do and enjoy my life. And there might be some travel. It might be, you know, go to the beach, learn to surf <laughs> and coach yeah. X number of clients or people. Yeah take the exam of classes, um, you know, the first thing is going to be like knowing what that is, knowing yeah. where that needs to be or where that, where you'd like to see that. And then from there, you know, once you establish these different vehicles for change for the clients, you can look at how you can flesh out that split. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do you know what you need to, where you need to be at or what you'd like to see revenue wise in a perfect world uh, yeah. comfortable down there yes and yes and and no <laughs> it's kind of my answers but yes in theory of um i was working this out the other day actually I, i'm a little bit greedy in that i love the one-on-one stuff with people i get a lot out of that yeah one-on-one coaching i also really enjoy the small group classes and i also really enjoy the workshops because that gives me a platform to talk specifically and deeply about one or two particular things so i kind of want to do a little bit of everything if i'm honest yep. with you uh i'm in the moment at the, i'm in the, the the place right now i'm having negotiations with someone who has a space that is potentially coming becoming open um she's going away traveling for the next sort of 12 to 18 months and leads people to come on board take over the the rent and the lease trying to work out with her what that looks like in case can't find other coaches and so on and so forth. So I've been kind of nutting out in my mind in terms of hours I have available at the moment versus hours I would be able to make available, the kind of stuff that I want to be providing. And it's kind of a mixture between at the moment, it's very top line, but I would love anywhere between say one to five client, extra new one-on-one clients this year. Uh, that would be that would be a great place to start. So I could really work with those guys. I'm looking at running 
small group classes one to maybe three times per week, potentially mornings, just based on the area I live, the area, the, the location of the gym. If I do get this space, this is all based off of that. But regardless, I'm like, cool, this would be a, an interesting way to, to run things. You know, small group classes, one to three, maybe four mornings a week, about one to eight people focusing that particularly on the mobility side of things, you know, um, uh, the, the sort of the, 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 the joint focused fundamental foundation work that is super, super tough and taxing, but can be really fun when you have people in a big environment doing it together and it kind of really builds things up and makes this stuff really kind of more enjoyable than when you're sitting there trying to do your, your hip cars by yourself and just hating yeah. distance. And then obviously if I could do like a workshop, at least one a quarter, I'd love one a month, but obviously reality being at this point for 2020, probably not going to be the case. I've already done two so far in the last, well, one at the tail end of last year, one so far this year, locking up my, or lining up my next one for hopefully about end of April. Yeah. Um, so trying to do those consistently as well. So that's where I'm kind of looking at being in terms of the hours I have available right now. Cause I obviously want to go deeper and do more stuff at the, at the studios I'm part of. Um, so yeah, does that kind of help? Yeah, and so what does it, do you know what this needs to look like in terms of financially for you to, get where you need to be as well based off of uh you know one to five so that's one to five additional one to ones per week yeah yeah I've, I've, i have i have one right now i'm down to just one private like one-on-one -on -one client i had a couple more getting lined up but as is life people move and people's yeah. priorities changes and finances changes so i'm down to down to my one my very first one i got and she's she's awesome yeah uh, so i'm happy with that one but yeah so one to five additional so if i ended up 2020 with say six yeah. Um, regular one-on-one -on -one coaching clients that I worked with minimum once per week. So just quickly, is um, is six ideal? Would you prefer eight to 10? Look, eight to 10 could totally work. I'm always trying to keep myself in the uh, realist kind of point of view. And also the, I like the idea of the wins. I'd rather set myself to six and yeah. get that. And then maybe it's a little extra of the eight, then yeah. go for 10 and get eight and feel like shit because that's what my brain will do you know it'll always have latch onto the the negative so i try to keep myself yeah okay so yeah. you basically set some base case targets is yeah. what you're sort of talking yeah. about uh, yeah and then if you can extend over these that'd be a good oh, thing 100 percent. and i wouldn't just stop at that i just like to give myself a range you know yeah. like uh this this would be where i would be at without being greedy and without trying to set myself because that's another thing i've noticed and learned since going freelance is things are hard you yeah. know, starting from scratch in anything is hard. It's, 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 it, I don't know if it's hard when you're in your early 20s, but early to mid 30s, you know, it's, it's hard to start the ground floor again. It's hard to just sort of leave everything behind and just try to pick up, some, you know, building momentum is a difficult, difficult thing. I think so, it's important, you know, on your targets, just kind of, because a big part of these things is um, creating change. Yeah. So if you think about what we're really talking about, it's a, a coach or a practitioner wanting to create change in the mm. culture through yeah. providing movement or health or recovery or mobility, whatever that is. And it's creating change starting from within, starting from your mm. actions and your intentions. And I think it's probably helpful to, whilst not overextending the targets, be very clear on what those targets are so the difference between one additional client in 2020 and five additional clients in 2020 
if a client is seeing you once a week and maybe it's, I don't know, 80 to a hundred dollars spend, um, in one week you're seeing, you know, four eights or whatever, 300 and <laughs> yeah. 360, yeah, yeah 360, 360, versus, 360 per week revenue difference just, but all are still in the realms of your target range. Yeah. So times it by 52 weeks and you've got a really different year. Mm. Um, so maybe, you know, the first thing could be just to, because uh, I, you know, you know, as well as I do that you could easily hit not just the five, but beyond. Oh yeah. So maybe it could be um, a starting point of just keeping it, keeping it in a range that's comfortable for you and for the nervous system in terms of the goal, <laughs> but just putting a good solid four on the board or something yeah. like I'm going for four and then expressing that to me, expressing that to people. And straight away, it gives you an idea of, we can talk about conversion. We can talk about sales. We can talk about number of leads that you need. We can talk about online offline. You know what I mean? You get an idea of how just the actions that you need to do. If you said 40, oh, like, yeah. It's like, okay, cool. What are the actions that need to play out for 40 versus four? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. And that's, and that's sort of, all of this stuff has kind of become new numbers in my head, even since the last time you and I sat down, you know, the, yeah. the, the potential for taking on this space has really made me sit down and go, okay, what could that actually look like? If this space doesn't, doesn't um, come to come to fruition, then it's a little sit down and go, okay, cool. Maybe the, the small group classes are not going to work. So maybe it's more one-on-one -on -one clients and more workshops. So I'm in a little transitionary phase and that will always probably happen to a certain degree, you know, but you, you're right. Like in terms of the, the, yeah, let's aim for four. I hadn't really thought about it in my head. I'm like, yeah, one to five is good. But like you said, one's, one's a big difference to five. One's to five, yeah. And as you're my, saying, I'm like, oh, yeah, yep, there we, there we go. That's, my inclination would be on this, knowing what you've done and the change. See, I, th I play it as a strength. You say when, it, when you're 30 and you start from the ground up, it's hard. Mm. I flip it and I say when you're 30 and you're starting from the ground up, it's easier. You've got this background as head of media in a digital agency. You're hungry. You know that you don't have the skill set that you need to get where you want to be. Mm. So you're chasing skill set. You know that you don't have the audience that you need to get where you want to be. So you're chasing audience and you're delivering value on social and other mm. platforms. But basically what I'm getting at is the head is a lot smarter than it was at 20. <laughs> yes, now you get to reframe problems, talk to people, go, okay, what needs to happen? And you can create some strategy around it and then hold yourself accountable in a way that you couldn't do when you're 20. Yeah, that's fair. So I think really you've got um, a lot of assets that you may not, and this is without even us going into your past professional networks in terms of places you could maybe um, link up for relationship building. Um, but I, I play it as a strength. I think that coming into things later in life, if you can get over that hurdle of, oh, I'm, I'm, 35 or whatever and i'm starting again if you can flip that hurdle you've actually got a ton of really good experience and so my natural inclination would be like well what does 10 what does 10 one-to-ones look like you know before you then open up the semi-privates of one to yeah three you know and then that gives you you know what i mean it gives you one thing to focus on and you yeah, get a process yeah uh, to be, yeah and to be honest with you part of me was when I'm planning those numbers out with the potential for a space and I'm like, right, I need to, again, it's a little bit of that pressure, like I've got to make the rent for the place and I need to, what's going to be the easiest way to try to get numbers coming in. 
but if I'm thinking about I'm like, cool, yeah, probably from where I'm at and what I want to develop more and what I enjoy the most is the one-on-one stuff and the workshop stuff. Cause I get to go really deep into, into yeah. The, and the yeah. And then you're connecting. It gives you two strengths. One is you're in the trenches with full attention on the client. So you develop yeah. your practitionership really high on one-to-one. And then when you hold a workshop, you're getting lateral group connection straight away. So yeah. now as your client, I have something to be part of. And this is where your branding comes in. It's like we come in to connect laterally. Maybe you open up a um, whatever, Facebook group, whatever. My question yeah. is, can you take one-to-one clients in the existing spaces that you're at at the moment? Uh, as in within yoga? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like spaces, I... even if you taught strength and movement or you taught yoga-based movement, whatever, in, can you use those? In theory, in theory, yes, 100%. I've had, a, I've had a couple of unofficial informal chats with a couple of the guys from the, the two different studios in particular. It, it sounds like, yes, um, it just depends on basically what the client wants. Yeah. You know? so, so, yeah, in theory, yes. And that's actually something I've started, I don't want to say pushing, just gently nudging at some of my classes being like, Hey, FYI, if you do want some one-on-one stuff and I've had a few people already express, have expressed some interest in that. And we're just sort of getting a feel for timings and things like that. So yes, yeah, so that is another avenue to, to go down as well, you know, and that still works within the contributing within the studios. Within yeah. The studios. I think if you've got good, if this, if that, if you guys, if you're, if you and the studio are on the same page with the agreement, um, what you've just done now is basically gotten rid of a lot of uncertainty and boiled it down to the fact that you're trying to get nine, four to nine more <laughs> yep, yep. one-on-ones where you can take them at either the yoga studio or if this new space opens up, yep. fantastic new opportunity, go to there. When you hit your targets, run your first workshop or open up semi-private one to threes. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's, yeah, that sounds good. So then, you know, as a back check financially, if you had either four or nine, mm. I just keep throwing nine out there because I think you could really, how long <laughs> did it take you to get the first one? Uh, it actually came without even trying, to be honest with you. I was just training in the gym and she's a, a woman I used to work with. She, you, she works for Google. I used to work at media agency. So she was te- I was technically her client for a few years when she was, yeah. and I was looking after one of the big automotive brands. And we just kind of stayed in touch and bumped into into the gym and sort of mentioned what I was doing. Um, Cause I think again, people in the industry and stuff, when they hear that you've quit that lifestyle to go and become a coach or a PT or a yoga teacher or a meditation teacher, there's a whole thing about, holy shit. Okay. I thought people just talked about that and no one's actually does it. So she then reached out to me a, a month or so later. and was like, Hey, are you keen to, would you be keen to, to train me on some stuff? So I didn't yeah. even really need to, need to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, You're getting, so you got a client without trying. This is the thing that I'm coming back to. It's like early on we can get one and then we get gun shy. So we go on the mm. defense. I don't want to lose my one or two people that I'm working with versus the offense, which is, Oh, well this really came about through connecting, reconnecting with somebody who I already knew yeah. talking to them about the changes that I've made and how I could potentially bring value to them what does more of that look like? You know, that would be my first step is like, you know, this, there's two very clear super niche audiences that you could work with. One is the um, people who are looking to increase mobility, particularly from a chronic mm. point of tension, like your hip, um, whether that's spine, hip, knee, as you learn more and more about that yeah. process, 
and move through that journey, you've got a deeper level of empathy that I can have or that any other coach or trainer could have because you've been there in that way. And there's a mental emotional link that you could share. And then the other um, is the, the professional who's still in the job, doesn't want to leave it. They have some, like they've got family, they've got kids, they're not ready to take a jump or anything. And maybe they don't want to, but they're waking up to the impact it's having on their health. Yeah. And you're there as someone who can bridge the gap again with the empathy that is needed to meet them where they're at and understand the, the job. Yeah, no, that's, you've actually just summed up my super niche wonderfully. I've been trying, I've been trying to like articulate that quite but for myself um, over the last couple of months or so now, but that is pretty much where I'm, I'm looking at going. Uh, and in answer to your question, like, yeah, the four to nine, I just did some scribbling numbers Four, I could, four, um, I could survive on quite comfortably. Four is a good number to, to be for me to get to for one-on-one clients. For example, nine, that would make life very interesting in terms of it would give me a little bit more freedom than I initially thought I could or would have this year. I think you, I think you want to, ex- I wouldn't say this if it was like you was throwing around 50 and 60, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think, I think like I, I think, and I know through experience, I've seen that build happen number of times. Mm. Um, of course you need practitionership, but you've been working in the area for quite a while. Like you've got a lot of experience, mm. professionally a little shorter and that'll develop. Um, but I think you definitely could hit that sort of target and numbers, which would be a real big boost in confidence. Um, it's just going to really be around accountability and setting some actions in terms of where do those people that you seek to serve come from? Where do they hang out? These are your early adopters and success leaves clues. So, you know, um, talk to people, talk, mm. look at your past patterns and what played out. So how mm. did I meet this girl who's on my LinkedIn network? How can I start to share? Could I go and do a talk around mindfulness and movement at my old job um, and then run some free intro sessions? Like, I think it's definitely doable. Um, and if you feel that, you know, you want to set a target that's going to leave you feeling not in stress financially because financial stress is a threat that is over your shoulder at all times. Mm. And so you want to do everything possible, you know, to not go ridiculous, but to move towards um, creating a buffer that gives you some breathing space whilst you keep your overheads super low in those early years to be able to, you know what I mean, to be able to keep smiling, so to speak. Yeah, yeah 100%. No, that's, that's the, again, hitting the nail on the head with that because, I'm again, financially, right now, my goal in 2020 to, you know, 2021 is just to be, just to be, comfortable to have that buffer to not be living paycheck to paycheck etc you know it's, it's like you said it's like that that big the monkey on your back but it's a very very heavy scary monkey that's just sitting there with his claws in on you and that's where i'm happy to just to get to that point of being comfortable so i have a bit of breathing room um and yeah the the idea you know the where are people at where are they working from or even just in the last week um i've started to get a bit more of a feel for the, the platforms maybe they're using more than I thought they were, you know, even just down to this week, I've been very, very heavy on Instagram for talking about platforms the last, well, forever, basically. I don't personally use Facebook anymore other than for messengers, but I 
had a slight scare the other day when I thought I'd been blacklisted on Instagram for whatever reason. Turns out Mondays are just bad days for posts. Um, but it made me stop and think like, okay, I need to, I can't just be putting all my eggs into this one basket from a content point of view. Tweaked my Facebook profile, put some stuff, put some stuff out on that. And already it's starting to pick up from people, a different audience than I'm talking to on Instagram or a different group of people at the yeah. very, very least. In particular, I've noticed it is a lot more of the guys that I used to work with, the guys who are still on their computers, um, you know, uh, nine to five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that even that started to grow my LinkedIn profile. That's next. That's on the, that's on the, the thing for, for next week or the weekend actually is, uh, it's just a dive, dive into that and retweak that up a little bit to get that set up. Um, and just, yeah, try to work with the people and talk to those people in those sort of corporate spaces. I've been seeing up the, yeah. I mentioned earlier, um, the, the, the corporate yoga company that I actually first learned through a woman named Angel. She's been my friend now since for eight years and I teach with them. I've been teaching with them pretty much since I started teaching. And um, we're sort of talking about doing some wellness week, strength and movement, practical or functional fun, playtime sort of stuff to start to bring that into that space and maybe start to bring in some talks and different bits and pieces and build that into part of their offering, but also sort of part of my offering as well to kind of get into not just my old office and my old office building, but the, the different corporate spaces throughout Sydney that she sort of works with. So there's some, some cool little movements and a few different things happening a little bit, a little bit sort of everywhere. Yeah. I think, you know, probably uh, experiment, test a lot of different things. Agreed. Um, be open to no one showing up on some of the things that you test. <laughs> yep. And then, and, and just try to move really fast. You know, I mm. think, we can get really caught up. Like we've already covered effectively, you're clear on your super niche, you're clear on some of the platforms that you can work on in terms mm -hmm. of communication, you're clear on where you're going in terms of alignment with other brands and businesses. So mm -hmm. the other studios that you're working out of, you've got a lot of mentors and people around you. Mm -hmm. I think the very next thing is, and you're even clear on a target now, if you go, okay, I'd like to get nine more clients. In 12 months, um, yeah. seems fairly reasonable. Mm -hmm. Um, the next thing is to like, just start doing mm. from, from tomorrow, like what actions are going to help me to get towards this that aren't that comfortable and what can I start pushing? You know, how can I start pushing? So if you're thinking about running workshops with this woman mm. and there's a link back to previous work and networks, lock that in tomorrow. Yeah. It, like bring the urgency really, really high on the things that have been proven to introduce you or reintroduce you to the people who you seek to serve. Yeah. The other things like playing with different types of carousel posts on Instagram, whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're going to add long-term value, but like you, you could get to the nine more clients with not, you know, I'm all about putting stuff on social. Of course, mm -hmm. that's long game brand. And at the, at the same time, if you've got financial stress, you're early in the game, you've got a short term sales, um, targets to hit as well. Um, and you've got a lot of pre-existing trust and re uh, relationships with these past people. They may not be aware of your platform presence. So you can definitely use that's effectively been doing brand marketing for the last 10 years, just in a relationship manner, not on a, on a social platform. You could go back and lean into those networks offline in, you know, in an offline way. Yeah and exchange some of that trust and tension, offer some opportunities for them if they wanted to go deeper. 
um, to get yourself up that, da, 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 get three or four people out of say 40 or 50 people that you know, straight mm-hmm. away towards your nine. Yeah, totally. No, that's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. But the I'm brand, just- realistically, the brand stuff on Instagram, like, yes, you'll get the, you'll get them coming to you from that. But, you know, I've worked with people with 30, 40, 50,000 followers on Instagram and they'll run a workshop and it won't fill out. Yeah. Doing a post. It doesn't work that way. You know, it can be, it's, it's something that we need to be doing to communicate, to bring value. Mm. But as a sale, you know what I mean? As a like, oh, when, when will my nine come from there? Maybe, but we got to almost assume uh, you almost got to assume no until yeah. it does, well, even though you work really hard on generating, on, on generously providing value. And it's like the other mindset is like, okay, I need to be working on sales as well. And what does yeah. that look like with the people? No, totally. I mean, to be, it's, it's, it just reminded me as you were saying that of uh, adaption. I think you, you either, it was either one of your episodes and or on Instagram, you talked about um, like a, you know, you've got to adapt and, you know, do the thing that's uncomfortable. So for me, two months ago, creating content and putting that out on Instagram, intent, other than just like a random picture here and there and stuff was very uncomfortable. Yeah, now um, you're crushing it. And now, and now, ah, you know, thanks, man. Like, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm happy with how it's going. There's frequency for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, the adaption and even just my approach to it, you know, the, the, it's not going to get as many likes as some of my other pictures of the beach, sunrise coming up over the ocean with, you know, a thousand hashtags, but numbers are smaller, but there's engagement and people are commenting and people are taking notice and I'm in a good place with it. Now I create stuff and I'm enjoying it. Like, I mean, I'm really enjoying and I've kind of settled into that a little bit just to like, you know, do the, do a bit of groundwork just so that now, as you say, stepping into the uncomfortable stuff is the things with the one, you know, it's the, it's the talking to people a little bit more offline maybe, or retweaking my, LinkedIn and going a bit more skewed at the corporate world or or, all the the talks and you know that stuff is the next level up I feel like I had to do the the the, at least to try to get a feel for my message and my brand on the social stuff first and it was a really good way just to kind of yeah build that uh, tolerance to actively creating because that's another hard thing I never thought about you know we talked about you know the, the becoming a PT the realities of today's world where social media it's a big thing right and like for either for getting generate for content or not content so for either getting leads or just branding awareness or delivering workshops across or live stream you know it's it's a big part of what we do and it was really taxing and really it took a lot of energy just thinking about it and then as you say two months down the line it's it's not perfect and never will be perfect but it's, it's something i'm much more comfortable with yeah you're on the court yeah, I think there's something you mentioned that's important and that is the nervous system. We talk about adaption yeah. to the stressor and that's kind of one form of what people call growth. Mm. Um, the stimulus being the new habit or the new action of posting stuff on a social platform, which brings vulnerability. So it's a threat and then we need to adapt to that threat. Um, I think the big unlock here is to um, question not to question, but to look at going further with that adaptation. So what I mean by that is go back, watch a video of yourself and then think about how you talk when you chat to me, when you catch up with a friend mm-hmm. and then contrast the two and go, okay, is there still room for me on this adaptation side of things? Do I feel super comfortable? Because the thing that happens when you really get that, that unlock start, because it never really ends for a lot yeah. of us. It's always a sliding scale, but um, what you'll find is the 
the creativity and the playfulness will be able to start to come out. Yeah. Because now the threat, the perceived threat is gone to the, to the organism, so to speak. So you're like, Oh, like now, now I'm comfortable. Right. And there's Mm -hmm. a different feel. And when that comes all of a sudden you'll play with the platforms and you'll be able to play with your messaging in a way that'll be really fast. It won't take as much time on the creation side of things. And I think you might start to see more engagement as well. Yeah. Um, something to think about anyway. It's like where we, you know, it's like you try and, 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 we, and we design and we create intent and we try and we create a post, so to speak. And then we watch it back in, like in a few months and you can still see this <laughs> tension and it feels yeah, sounds you funny. Can, you can feel you can talk like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. So you are your own acting coach, so to speak. When you mm. go back and look at how your voice is coming out, it's like, man, do I really talk like that normally? And if not, <laughs> play with it because if you feel that sounds different, we'll pick that up straight away. It's not a bad thing. It just means that when you tip over that corner and you can be present with the camera and comfortable talking to it, it'll allow you to bring up stories, tell jokes, um, do funny shit, just wrap up the thing that happened this morning um in a way where it'll it'll be so easy for you yeah yeah no totally i'm i'm start like like you say you never quite get there but if i look back three months ago i don't think i'd ever spoken on camera on instagram at all ever and now it's not quite daily but almost to some degrees and i'm filming stuff and posting that out as actual instagram tvs and things like that and three months have come a long way in three months more it will come even further yeah it's it's one of those things that i did try watching back i saw in a highlight my first time i tried speaking on the camera and it was cringeworthy a little bit but hey it's it's good learning it's good it's good yeah yeah it's good and um you know you can get scientific but i think it's really a case of volume yeah oh that you were right i mean i think it was when i one of your sessions I first went to, I think it might be when we first actually met, you know, it was uh, the storyteller uh, chat you guys, you did at, at AIM. That just sort of, yeah, flipped a switch, you know, and it just sort of, since then, it's just trying to build that muscle and just trying to build that consistency. Day, day in, day out, as much as you can, little, little and often, it's done wonders and it will still continue to do so, you know, but just it's that needed to adapt, needed to get myself comfortable at this level to take it to the next level, to be uncomfortable and be okay with it. And having that groundwork will make the next step not quite as, st- as stressful as it would have been exactly. you know, to jump straight into it. And then it will, that will become comfortable quicker than this first bit did. And, and it yeah. just sort of builds exponentially, right? Yeah. And then you realize it's almost a race, keeping in mind the nervous system and looking after your mental mm-hmm. state and health it's almost a race to get yourself to that point where you're adapted to communicating on the different platforms. Yeah. You know, because once you, once you cross that line, everything gets easier. I think the other thing to just touch on before we kind of wrap up is let's say we take the same nervous system adaptation. So effectively what we're talking about here is in small business, just to wrap a bow around this in small business, you're across sales, you're across marketing, you're across your practitionership and you did, your, uh, your delivery of the tools and upskilling. Mm-hmm. And each of those, when we're increasing our output, is a, is a stimulus, is a tax on the nervous system. And this is why so many people get destroyed is because they go onto social media and they watch somebody 
um, you know, like Gary V and all these people and bless them. They bring so much value to the community. However, at the same time, when we look at the upbringing and the personal story, which we've talked about, we're all completely different. So if you give me the stimulus that he's got, I'll explode in a week. My, <laughs> I just, it'll be anxiety, whatever. Mm. And you can say whatever you want around getting through it and just have a coffee and just go. But that's not what happens. And we see yeah. across, you know, person after person. So we need to go, okay, where are we at? What does adaptation look like? What are some small steps? You know, you started doing mm. video stories and um, IGTVs and carousels. And so the adaptation's coming. Mm. Now that's your communications um, arm also to your sales arm you're mm. setting low targets on the sales because think about it then the muscle so to speak the nervous system on that sales which is a as a point of tension um mm. just hasn't been practiced so if you extend out the direction where you're going you'll get really really good at communication and there will be a tipping point eventually where people ask to work with you based off mm. of such good brand marketing that could be five years away. <laughs> yeah. So in the meantime, we also need to go, okay, oh, breathe into it. I've got this adaptation to carry out on my sales arm. What does that feel like? What does it feel like to have these conversations more frequently? Can I set some targets just like my social posts on what they call prospecting, but basically, you know, finding people to talk to, finding people to sit down with conversations, outreach and invitation for the opportunity to work with you and that whole process will be a separate nervous system adaptation yeah that most people want to run away from as well but i think could bring a lot of value to almost split your um you can see all these post-it notes and stuff yeah, like yeah i was just looking at them yeah i i use things to bring processes into these areas which are unknown and gray mm. so it allows me to to um keep track and that ability to keep track takes some stress off. Yeah, there's the accountability hurdle um, or tension, but it it it's very clear what you've done and haven't done. So, if, mm. you know, for you, if it's like, well, per week, I want to do 10 outreach correspondences or 100 or whatever mm. it might be, and my brand marketing and communication and value that I'm doing on, to, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, no, one, people go, we get caught up in social and then we go give, 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 give. We forget how to do the um, sales or we go hard on sales with no audience and then wonder why yeah. that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got to be balanced, right? It's got to be a balance in all things. And for me, you know, the nothing was comfortable. I led towards the, the storytelling and the content side of things. Cause yeah, that just was the, the easier option. I thought, was not easy in any way, shape or form, but the adaption has come and it's at the point now where I'm getting a bit of, I'm currently working towards this idea of a week ahead of all my content, of all the things I want to be at, all the things I'm doing. I, I know where I'm at at least a week in advance. Things are created. So I don't have the, the day-to-day pressure of like, oh shit, I've got to get a post out. Okay. Right? Let's stop for a second. Yeah. Reframe it. Yes. I've got a week ahead for my content and the narrative of, oh shit, I've got to get a post out. So what does it look like if we flip the narrative? Because that's a real big agreement that mm. a lot of us have in the culture is, oh, should I have to get a post out this pressure here? Mm. But if it's, I have a week ahead with my content and 
I'm open to the opportunity to throw some posts up documenting my day-to-day stuff, which might be relevant for my audience. Yeah. So, that's, so that's basically, a nice way to look at it. Yeah, you're framing for a week ahead, and you're walking around like like the po- I put one up today. That was three minutes, and mm. it was because I'm doing some work with post-it notes. And I was like, oh, cool, I can make a little thing here. Da da da. Get a camera shot, airdrop it, put it up, and it's not planned, but if you're open, then you can yeah. be playful. And it's not a, it's reframing the narrative around this being pressure to simply, um, and that's what I would say is I think your stuff's really cool on the value. Mm. Let's go more on, um, on funny things or on um, entertainment value, or you just, you know, just chat, just, chat. you know, just talking, yeah, yeah. just talking brand stuff. So it's talking yeah, about what yeah. you're up to, your breath practice, whatever lights you up. Mm. and allow that post to get zero engagement if it does, but just see what happens. Yeah, no, that's, that is where I, that is something I was sort of, as you're saying it, and you were sort of talking about the adaption and stuff like that before, that is what needs to come next. The, the pressure of, oh, shit, I need to get a post out. I haven't really felt that. It's more like, oh, I'm really, I want to get this out because I feel I'm, in, I'm jazzed about what I'm trying right. to say here. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's switched to a good way. It's just in terms of the, I'm getting the week ahead. So I know where I'm at and I can, I can take, I can take the time to say what I want to say properly. Yeah. And then at the same time, trying with the stories, just, it's just a habit that I haven't quite got into with the, always having the camera on what I'm doing, but that is another level of like, yeah, the behind the scenes uh, and then the sales stuff. And then, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of different spinning things, but I'm actually, the biggest thing from the last few months and the last probably time we talked is I'm actually really enjoying all of it now. Yeah. You know, I've adapted to a certain degree and I'm like, okay, I know I need to push and, and go and get a bit uncomfortable in one area, but this area is going really well. And now I can start to afford to bring a little bit more of my personality into yeah. things, you know, which I, I, I like to think I bring a little bit of maybe with the carousels, just from the type of artwork I like to choose and that stuff, but bringing more of myself into it. Cause ultimately that's what people are going to want, right? Is the person you are. And they, that's who they're going to want to work with. Well, look, so for transparency, right? These carousels, yes, they blew up in the design community. Mm. I know people who in the movement space, um, who, you know, as well, and they're, video posts when they do well will have the video educational entertainment posts will have far more save sends it mm. so don't it, it what the, the the unlock or the trick is going to be seeing what one is right for you yeah and it might not it might be carousels and it might be um memes or something. <laughs> <laughs> i love a meme you know, love you know a what meme. i mean yeah, like, i think just, the whole thing is um is not determined by, even though it, it's, it's called breaking the wheel. Like the designers have built a wheel and they're showing you, this is a spoke of the wheel, which is brand. This is a spoke of wheel, which is get your colors right. This is the spoke of the wheel, which is make sure you bring value. Yes, 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 yes. And the, the eventual, you know, the eventual breakthroughs come when the wheel gets broken and people throw parts of the spokes away and create new ones. Yeah, totally. And it could be that your stuff from your personal story is so unique that you've got, um, you know, maybe you do FaceTime video call once a week with your one-on-one clients Mm. and you share three wins. How did they do it? You know, three wins from my, from Jerry or something. And then that's a post. Mm just like this is a podcast where we're having a conversation creates value for a lot of people in this area. 
um, what we're doing is an audio distribution of a conversation. Mm. You know, there could be a, a um, you can do Instagram lives where you share them and you could get one of your mentors on each month as a shared Insta live, you and yeah. Vic, you know, just chatting, you and the yoga owner chatting and no one's doing it. Yeah, that's true. Well, you're doing a little bit now, John. I've seen you on Friday afternoons, mate. I was doing those lives, but I'm going to, I'm going to flip them. I think, um, I think the platform, uh, at the moment I'm excited about creativity and innovation a little bit, things are a little bit faster. I think YouTube's probably the platform for the educational stuff. Very cool, man. Very cool. It's good to branch out and try new things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cool, man. Or anything else on your mind or anything else? Um, Nah, man, look, that was, I was just excited just to come on and have a chat. You know, we obviously tried this first time about a month ago and just so much stuff has seemed to solidify and pick up and change for me. It was just kind of cool to come back online. So nah, man, like I'm, I'm psyched to have been on and yeah, that's, that's it from me. I think. What's your focus then for the next little while? Focus for the next little while. <clears throat> and, and, and including specific, uh, the specifics. So that what is it? The focus, I guess, are the intentions and then the specific actions. So focus is to, overall focus is to continue the momentum, right, that I've got. I've, I've adapted, the momentum is starting to build. The specifics is branching out more. Um, LinkedIn, I feel like, is a big opportunity for me. I need to clean up my LinkedIn and I want to figure out how to best utilize that. What's the, your network like there based off your previous career? Uh, in terms of connections? Yeah. Uh, it's probably about eight, 900 people, give or take. Yeah, good, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'd imagine the first post I put out, half of them will disappear. But you never, you never know. So, there's a, that's a big opportunity. Maybe not. And the opportunity there, based on this call now, is going to be way more, not like a salesy, a salesy idea of like, hey, can I come in and talk to you about this? Not buy a product, but hey, I want to come in and talk to you guys to help your people who work for your company. Just try, just try, um, just try, right? Jump, jump off of the call and just try a little three line text. Like been thinking a lot about, um, been, been two years now since I, since I was back in the industry, been thinking a lot about how this health and wellness stuff, um, can play out with the performance and well-being of staff. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. That's it. Just start putting the, like, you don't just like with your Instagram, you're not trying to see a call to action or a change yeah, from your yeah. post. Pop, start populating your LinkedIn gently to talk to your friends who are back mm-hmm. there and communicate what it is you're up to looking for zero CTA, zero yeah. call to action. Yeah. And then, um, you know, people, cause they check on the profile, they scroll through, what's he up to? And then you've populated it with some relevant context. Yeah. Then you can outreach and talk about a workshop or something. But if you go cold Turkey, it'll, yeah, it'll yeah. you know what I mean? It was, yeah, I was never, I wasn't going to just jump straight in with the sales. It was more, let's clean up what I've got in terms of who I am, what I'm doing. Couple of little bits and pieces on there, maybe some videos or some content I can share. I know that the carousels potentially do quite well on LinkedIn. So I was gonna, you know, just just get that into a place of where I'm like, cool, if someone clicks on me now, they get what I'm about. It's not my profile from three years ago. That That is the focus for, uh, I'd say the, the next week or so, um, lining up, finally trying to finalize what's happening with the gym space. Will I have it, won't I have it? And potentially it will be kicking off as of March. So kind of quick turnaround. Third one, map out workshop ideas for the rest of the year. Reach out studios, see which ones will, which studios will take which workshop ideas. The remainders is then just put them on myself. Hire out space, 
set something up and go from it. So that's my, the next two to three weeks, once my parents go away back to the UK, just to finish off family time and then, uh, and then dive straight back into that. And so some three new avenues that are a little bit more uncomfortable for me than, uh, than the, the Instagram has become. Which one were those three is going to drive you hardest towards your extra nine clients? I think personally, personally, I think it'll probably be a tie between the workshops and the LinkedIn stuff because that's going to get me in, the LinkedIn stuff's going to get me in front of the people that I'm is my niche. Um, the workshops is just that opportunity. I've already had like, you know, people talking about asking about one-on-ones just from that one workshop I did. So I'm seeing Have good. Them yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just waiting to just sort of literally someone reached out like 24 hours ago. So I've reached back and you know, it's, it's very early, early conversations. So I think those two give me the best opportunities. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is what you could make a list of 20 people who are in the top 20, um, of past colleagues, people who you've been friends with friends of friends and literally go to them. This would be direct, um, through a message is kind of an ask, but you're banking on a past reputation and trust. And it'd be like, Hey, um, Hey Jane, like, how's everything going? Like a back and forth once or two. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to reach out and share a new direction I've taken the last, you know, two, three years since we were catching up a lot. I've really moved hard. You know, you remember I was into the yoga. Well, I've really moved hard into health and wellness. I'm um, serving people in this space. I'm running, I'm working at um, these two studios. Um, Do you know anyone or, you know, is this, is it, do you know anyone who might be interested in learning more about this or finding out more about this or how this Mm. can, you know, play, play a role in their, health or their career or whatever, but effectively opening a conversation with 20 people who, uh, who you have trust with. Yeah. I like that. I hadn't even going direct. It's, it's like, it's offline knowing that you've already got a lot of trust and attention in that reputation. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot, John. I'm going to steal that idea. And I'll, yeah, uh... So you go 20, like you've always got a, a an approach of direct mm. then, I guess more middle of funnel being you probably your LinkedIn people pass. Yeah, the, the post, the content. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's great. So yeah, that's pretty much what I'm going to focus on for the rest of what are we now? 90, basically the rest of this month. I feel like that gives me a good, good amount of stuff to sink my teeth into. And hopefully by March rolling around, I have some ideas and answers around spaces I may or may not be at. And then I can take it from there basically. So that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's going to on those three. If you're constantly working on the bottom of the, you know, the sales, yeah. you're doing that and you, and you're also listening to what's coming back from the sales side and from mm-hmm. the marketing side on the communication, like comments and messages, you'll find your niche. You, you'll yeah. find not just your niche, but you'll find your traction that you're looking for. for sure. Wonderful. Mate. Well, I will, uh, I will keep you posted, sir. All right, man. Uh, yeah, have a great night. I'm down there on Monday, actually. So I don't know crazy. what you're up to, but uh, give me a shout. I've got I've got a bit of time. Yeah, Mondays I have a lot of uh, a lot of classes. Um, oh, yeah. I'm filming, doing some filming work, and um, around Vex Place and around North Sydney. But oh, sick! I'm in North Sydney. Oh, all, yeah? all, all afternoon on Monday, so maybe we can catch up, grab a coffee or something. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Too easy, man. Well, thank you very much for letting me be on again. Appreciate it. Yeah, awesome, man. Thanks okay. for your time. Thanks, man. Catch you later. That's it for this episode of the Access Potential Podcast. If you've got any questions 
from this episode specifically. Maybe there's something that resonated. Maybe there's something that you heard that is similar to a challenge or something you're seeing in your own journey. Feel free to send me an email, john at johntmarsh.com. Always love to hear from you. And I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please feel free to forward it to a friend or jump onto the podcast and subscribe. That Those are the two most helpful things that you can do for me at my end. Thanks so much. I'll see you on the next episode.